Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us uh, here on a Saturday night. We are uh, going through a big website revamp. So if, if you've been going to SkylineSportsMT.com, it's been lagging. Sorry about it. We're getting it fixed. I know you're saying, well, why would you do this on a Saturday during basketball season? Well, the website's not working very well, so we got to do it. We got to get it done before next week because rivalry game on the horizon. Uh, between Montana, Montana State, doubleheader in Missoula next weekend. But uh, Monday games before that and Saturday games tonight to recap. So we'll dive right into it. Thanks for listening to these post-game podcasts. A uh, little bit rigorous to be doing it, busting them out here in the late night. I'm getting old, middle-aged almost, 1030 at night. Uh, it's past my bedtime. But regardless, it's always fun, and then we're going to take you around the Big Sky Conference. So we'll have our Big Sky scoreboard, uh, both men's and women's scores, reactions to that. And then they got a couple sound bites from Montana State head men's basketball coach Danny Sprinkle. His team swept the weekend again, so four in a row for the Bobcats uh, after their 67-52 win over Weber State. So MSU now the defending Big Sky champs. They're five and one in league play. So got a couple sound bites from Danny Sprinkle, courtesy of Keaton Gologli and the Bobcat Radio Networks. So appreciate those guys for uh, sending it over. And then we'll also hear uh, just a couple minutes from Brandon Whitney, Montana junior point guard. And Montana head coach Travis DeKeer, the Grizz, they bounce back to split the weekend for the third Big Sky weekend in a row. The Grizz are 0-3 on Thursdays, 3-0 and on Saturdays. Uh, it's not – I mean, it's funny because I asked Brandon Whitney what's up with Saturdays, and he kind of just laughed. I asked Travis DeKeer what's up with Saturdays, and he gave me a very serious answer. <laughs> so there might actually be something to Montana playing better on Saturday, but they drill Idaho State uh, 84 uh, 55. Andrew Houghton will join me uh, here in just a minute. But here's a look at your Big Sky scoreboard. Women's side, uh, good games in the afternoon. I think, uh, actually, I'm not even saying this tongue-in-cheek. I'm not even joking. Uh, I texted Chris a Redpath this. You can find around the Big Sky and women's hoops uh, each week on Nuana's Now, my daily radio show, 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as on SWX Montana Television. And we got our Nuana's Now podcast and Chris Redpath, Big Sky Conference basketball analyst, former Lady Grizz, does a great job breaking down the Big Sky Conference every week uh, on our radio show. But I was texting her because Leah Beatty was going off for Montana State. She had 26 points, and I was we were talking earlier this week how we thought MSU, a ton of good players on the women's side, but they uh, definitely needed a, a, another like primary star, primary all-conference type player to emerge. Cola Badber has been that, but she is not. Uh, she's been a little bit up and down so far this year. Darian White is getting a ton of attention. She's one of the best players in the league. But Beattie did it. She stepped up, 26 points, drilled a whole bunch of three-pointers. It's funny, though, because I texted Krista. I said, Leah Beattie must have been listening to our show. And Krista actually, uh, Leah Beattie's aunt and uh, mother both played for the Lady Grizz and has connections with Krista Redpath. And she said, actually, her whole family did listen to the show. I don't know if Leah did or not, but they were totally agreeing with our uh, assessment that Leah needed to be, you know, step up and be that all-conference-type player. And uh, Montana State now maybe turned a corner. They had a big win in Pocatello Thursday, big win over Weber State Saturday to complete the road sweep. MSU wins 80-65 down there in Ogden. The Lady Grizz had a big win as well. Sammy Facken went nuts. She scored 28 points. And Montana wins going away 77-68. So all of a sudden... The Idaho State women, uh, reeling a little bit, got swept on their home court after a 3-0 start. Northern Arizona, this shows you what this league is like right now, though, because pretty much all these results, was besides MSU winning in Ogden, was uh, maybe 
certainly notable, each one of them. Northern Arizona bounces back from their loss to Portland State on Thursday by handing Sac State their first loss in women's basketball, 77-67, NAU wins. Eastern Washington hands Idaho their third straight loss. EWU wins 74-59. And then Portland State, which won two in a row, they knocked off Idaho for their first conference win in 23 conference outings under Chelsea Gregg. And then they won again on Thursday, beating NAU, but they lose on Saturday to a ridiculously young Northern Colorado team that's uh, been so up and down. I mean, sometimes they're scoring in the 40s and sometimes they're winning, but Northern Colorado gets their second conference win, 75-56 over Portland State. Uh, before we get to the rest of the men's scores, uh, Andrew, Andrew Houghton, SkylineSportsMT.com, uh, your rapid reaction to just the, the women's scores from the day? Yeah, Coulter, for me, it just reinforces that we don't really know what's going on in the league this year, right? I a lot of these teams got off to great starts. Uh, I think the Northern Arizona getting back in the groove by beating Sac State, which was one of the teams that looked like might have jumped up to be challenging Montana State this year. Uh, it's a good win for Northern Arizona. It reminds everybody that Northern Arizona is still in that tier in the league after a couple uh, difficult losses. Uh, other than that, I mean, Eastern Washington handling Idaho, and that's a... a Idaho getting knocked down a tier or two. I don't even want to try to put this league into uh I don't want to try to order it out right now because there are so many uh, disparate results uh, other than saying that Montana State continuing to handle business is, is good for Montana State, right? Also a big win for the Lady Grizz. I mean, the Lady Grizz had... Uh they had to get... They needed overtime to win in Ogden on Thursday. Um, they had lost... Uh, on their home court within the last 10 days or so. And uh, it had sort of been up and down, but they keep pace. So four and two for both the Montana schools now Now with Monday games on the horizon. Yeah, and a good week for the Lady Grizz, too, in that the way that they won those games, right? You don't want to let Weber State take you to overtime. But on the road, just getting out with that win on Thursday. And then, I mean, today, Coulter, they were down for that entire game. They were down going into the fourth quarter. Sammy Fatkin kind of takes over a little bit in the fourth quarter. They were able to expose some of Idaho State's weaknesses and deficiencies and issues on offense and, and really held Idaho State down in that fourth quarter and walked away with ended up being a comfortable win uh, and just being able to win those close games games where they're being challenged. Uh, the Weber State result doesn't look great. The Idaho State result probably does look pretty good. But either way, just the way that they're able to come through in those close games, those games where they're being challenged, those games where they needed to make plays down the stretch, Sammy Fatkin made a lot of them for them today. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. Want to see how they can help you with your fiber, your uh, in-office networking, small business development. Visit GoBlackfoot.com. Big Sky Conference men's scoreboard. Montana State 67, Weber State 52. Montana 
Runs away from Idaho State, 84-55. Grizz hit 13 three-pointers more on that game in a minute. Eastern Washington, their lone game of the week, uh, but they do play Montana on Monday in Cheney. Eagles scored 95 points, wow, uh, and run away from Idaho, uh, 95-74. Idaho is just not good on defense. That's just the fact of the matter, and uh, it's going to be a long year there again, I think, uh, for Zach Klaus's squad. Sac State rallies for a 59-56 win uh, over Northern Arizona. And Northern Colorado gets their first league victory of the year, 69-67 over Portland State. UNC had to have that one, preseason number two uh, in the league. And uh, 0-5 to start Big Sky Conference play. So uh, that was a good one for um, Northern Colorado to pull out. Uh, We'll get to Montana State here in just a minute. Danny Sprinkle, a couple sound bites from him, and then we'll get to Montana after that. Uh, but in terms of those other three games, Andrew, any uh, big takeaways? Just Eastern Washington, I think, continuing to be the class of the league so far. Uh, we know that Idaho has problems. We saw the problems that Idaho has in Missoula last week. Um, but putting up 95 points, I think their leading scorer, Angelo Allegri, had 18 points in the game right Deion Stroud, a guy who neither of us had any idea who he was showing up on on the Twitter feeds with a Sports Center quality dunk for Eastern Washington. Man, I mean, right now the Eagles look deep. They also, I think, have the top-level talent in Angelo Allegri, Steel Venters, uh, a couple of their bigs uh, to justify their what their record says uh, and to justify the early season conference results that they're looking right now like the team at the top of the league, both now and in the future. Dan Thompson, who covers Eastern Washington for the Spokesman Review, he had a good tweet today. He said, uh, watching Angelo Allegri's confidence is a thing to behold. I thought that was a great observation. It's a simple one, but it's a good one. And I was then that got me thinking about how, of the teams I've now seen live and in person, the guys that are like the definitive like alpha dog leaders of their team – are certainly Angelo Allegri at Eastern Washington, certainly Dylan Jones at Weber State. I don't know if uh, Jabril Bellows is the unquestioned like vocal leader, but he's like the tone setter, and he's the guy that sets the tone for the game. Isaac Jones has a very uh, star mentality for Idaho. I don't know if he's necessarily bringing anybody together or even making anybody all that much better, but he's such a dominant scorer, and it's so clear that everybody knows that he is the guy they're going to turn to for points, but that's about it. I think that's one of the things that the Grizz are missing. Um, you know, NAU I only watched on the stream, so I haven't seen them live and in person. Haven't seen Portland State. You know, Northern Colorado, they need somebody to be that guy, and uh, maybe they they get that uh, moving forward And now that they've broken through. But I thought it was a good observation because I, I, I do think – I don't actually even know if Angelo Allegri is Eastern's best player – but you can tell that he's like the guy that they all turn to, right? He's like, he's their Draymond Green, not the role, but like the personality, sort of the attitude. Well, and the great thing about that for Eastern Washington is that allows Steel Ventures to be the secondary option, right, Coulter? And that's where he's thriving. And yeah, he's putting up better stats than Angelo Allegri right now. And he's the same kind of talent as a player. But I think that just fits. I think those are better roles for them. And I think Steel Venters is really thriving right now because Angelo Allegri is taking that pressure. He's being that guy. 
Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist. Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Visit JNV's great website at jvrestaurant.com or swing into one of their three locations, Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. Uh, Sorry about the Bobcats. It, it, it's, it's a pick your poison, and I think that the one vulnerability the Bobcats have is this. They start almost every game the same, and that's what when you have a team that has a true identity, that's what you do. You run some motion stuff, you plant Jabril Bellow on the block, you try to get him a touch, you see how the other team's guarding you. If they're doubling, they're fronting, they're doing any sort of gimmicky thing, Jabril Bellow swings around the horn, and either Tyler Patterson or Raekwon Battle or Caleb Fuller or all three get an open three. If Patterson hits the first one, okay, now you're leaning a little bit, then Bellow gets inside, boom, and he's hammering you, or you stick with the plan and take the ball away from Bellow. More open shots for those guys. When the Cats hit shots early and Bellow's playing hard and he's getting to the block and, and dominating on the block, Montana State looks really hard to beat. I mean, Ryan Looney said it on Nuanas Now on Friday. He said, it doesn't matter what Jabril Bellow's stats are. He's the reigning MVP of the league for a reason, and he continues to play at an MVP level just by his presence. If he even plays a little bit hard, Montana State is so tough to beat. And tonight... When he's as efficient as he is, I mean, 17 points, 12 rebounds on six shots. He only has to play about 25 minutes. When he's in, he's just he's either kicking your ass or he's getting his guys open shots. The only vulnerability that the Cats have is if your plan to take the ball out of Bellows' hands is working and they're missing shots. But that's a lot of things that have to go in against the Cats for them to be that vulnerable. Right now, they're playing at a really high level. Battle's playing better. Darius Brown's starting to find his stride. Their role, the hierarchy of their role seem to be settling in. Uh, I'm impressed with Montana State. The last two weekends, I thought they've been very good. Yeah, I caught about five, maybe seven minutes of their game with Weber State today, sort of as they were wrapping it up. In the in the fourth quarter, I switched it over from the end of the Montana-Idaho State women's game to catch them, and, and Jabril Bella was sort of playing out his last couple minutes before he got pulled at the end there. Man, he is the one guy in the league who's able to remind you of his place in the hierarchy in like 20 seconds flat, right? Because one sequence I watched, he comes down, he, he gets a dunk in the post, comes down, obliterates the shot on the other end. You're like, okay, two possessions. That guy has a ceiling that very few players in the league can touch. They just need to get him playing consistently at that level. And I think that Weber State brought it out of him today because even though the Wildcats have struggled a little bit, Still one of the the consistently best teams in the league. Still one of the teams with the most cachet in the league. And still still a team with one of the best players in the league, one of the guys who you like to measure yourself against in Dylan Jones. We got six games, so maybe I just had a thought. I think we'll probably do like a Big Sky Power Rankings this next week leading up to some of the games. Andrew's shaking his head. Maybe we got to wait for one more. It is it is rivalry week. We got Eastern Washington, Montana on Monday, then we got Cat Grizz on Saturday. So maybe we'll wait, we'll wait one more week. The last time I did Big Sky Power Rankings, admittedly this was football season, like Montana State fans tried to 
hang me up, run me out of town on a rail, man. So I'm still remembering that. <laughs> totally. Uh, Montana State, they pulled ahead in this game and they kind of cruised, but they had an explosive end to the first half. They forced a bunch of Weber State turnovers and uh, they were able to go into halftime up 39-19. Here's Danny Sprinkle uh, from the Bobcat Radio Network post game with Keaton Gologli on the uh, close of the first half. Well, that, that's what we do. You know, when we're playing our best, we're getting stops, and then we can get out and transition, and our energy is just different. You know, and that's like a lot of teams in the country. But, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed with the first, you know, four or five minutes of the second half. we got to be more mature than that, and we got to come down and execute better. But, I mean, they scored like – there was a couple times where they scored like five, six times in a row in the second half, multiple times. And so there's a lot of stuff we got to clean up, but I thought our guys, you know, especially the energy in the first half was, uh, was tremendous. They came out with a point to prove. And here's Danny Sprinkle on Montana State's defense in general, their ability to force turnovers, and their ability to, to mitigate Dylan Jones. Jones had a good game, 13 points, 9 rebounds. But he was awesome on Thursday in Missoula as Weber came to Missoula and beat the Grizzlies 59-57. He had 17 points, 21 rebounds. The 17 points were so effortless, though, because they were pretty much all on spot-up threes. He hit five threes. Jones, to me, is still one of the best players in the league, but as Andrew mentioned, I totally agree. Bellow can just take it to such a high level, uh, such a dominant level. I mean, if he's playing at his best and you're not doing, giving him a a crazy amount of attention, he's just, he can just beat you in so many ways. But here is uh, Danny Sprinkle on uh, guarding Dylan Jones and uh, just his team's defense overall. Yeah, really good offensive team. You know, we had active hands. I thought we did a really good job guarding the three-point line. Um, you know, they only made four, and they're they're dangerous. You know, Junior Ballard, Verplank, and they, they got a bunch of guys. You know, Dylan Jones made five. You know, I thought our guys did a tremendous job on him. Um, you know, he got to the, you know, a little bit at the end. He got he got a couple couple points, but I thought you know, Great Osabar did a great job on him. Sam, Caleb, everybody we put on him did a tremendous job because uh, he's one of the hardest guards in the league. You know, he's he's so big and fast and strong, and but. You know, I mean, just a tremendous effort. Yeah. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Let's uh, dive into the Grizz game. All of our Grizz hoops coverage is presented by John Velk, Velk Law. Admittedly, didn't roll down to Dahlberg Arena until halftime. Andrew was there from stem to stern. Um, I was watching the Chargers <laughs> Jaguars game. I was up twenty four. the The uh, Chargers were up twenty four nothing at halftime. Then twenty seven nothing when I left the house. And uh, if you live under a rock, well, Jacksonville rallied for a thirty one thirty victory. So pretty impressive by the Jags. That hurts a couple of my uh, parlays, but that's uh, that's we digress. That's a tangent. Um, but Montana had hit a seventh three pointer right when I walked into the game. It was like about twenty two seconds left in the. Uh, first half when I walked in that was their seventh three that was impactful because Idaho State had only had given up six three-pointers or less in 13 of their 18 games prior to that so they do a good job of mitigating three-point shots against them but Montana ended up hitting 13 threes in this game six Grizz score at least nine points and uh, it was just a runaway you have to have it if you're Montana that moved them to three and three in league play they're three and oh uh on Saturdays, the Big Sky Cowards play. But do you take anything from this game, Andrew? I mean, obviously, if you lose this game, it's SOS because you're playing Eastern Washington and the Cats the next two, and all of a sudden you have a chance to maybe be on a four-game losing streak. You don't want that. So it was an important win. Do you take anything from the girls' performance? 
Yeah, I think it's just important for getting back on an even keel for Montana, Idaho State. We can talk about them. Not a huge test for the Grizz, especially in Missoula. Um, but we've talked about Montana 2-3 and three in the league coming into this game. They've had some bad luck in some of those games. Those have all been close games, those three losses. It's just a test of whether you can come back and beat a team that you're supposed to beat in a game that you should have after taking a loss like the one that you took on Thursday. It's so easy to just falter and not play your best after you take a loss like the last second loss to Weber State on Thursday. Look for half a second like that might happen to the Grizz. Idaho State shot off to a good start. 8-3. to three. Deshaun Thomas hit a couple early threes for the Grizz, and it's just shows that they still have that in them, right? Shows that they're not going to overreact. We shouldn't overreact about this team that starts 2-3 and three in conference play and say, oh, well, they're in trouble of falling off the map here. They're in trouble of losing touch with Montana State. This is a team that I still think is going to be a contender, Coulter, and maybe not at the very top tier of contenders, but I think they're going to make some noise in the conference tournament. And this just sort of proves that point, right? You come back and beat a team that you should beat. You look really good doing it. Brandon Whitney gets started going again. Everybody contributes. You got four guys in double figures. You're hitting a bunch of three-pointers. Ryan Looney, Idaho State head coach, wasn't happy about that after the game. As you mentioned, I mean, that's been really what they can hang their hat on on defense. Well, tonight they couldn't. A lot of those shots for Montana from the perimeter were open. Ryan Looney wasn't happy about the way his players defended tonight. That's why some guys didn't play a bunch of minutes. Uh, But for Montana, just reassuring yourselves and reassuring everybody that you're in the tier with the two teams that you're about to play next week, or or I guess Monday and then next weekend. Jefferson Secure was pretty surly after the game on Thursday, uh, particularly when it came to Brandon Whitney. He was asked why Whitney only played 19 minutes for the third game in a row. Uh, We had known that Whitney had been sick. He was asked if that was the reason why. He said, nah, we played the players that are playing at their best right now. So I think he was trying to inspire Whitney for sure. Um, but this Montana team, for whatever reason, whether it's been injuries, illness, on and moody, uh, his wife given birth to their second child. They've only had five games out of their first 19 in which they had their full like seven-man rotation. Like It's pretty clear that they want their starting lineup to be what it was tonight. That's Brandon Whitney uh, at the point, on and moody at the two. Uh Lionel Martin, Josh Bannon, and Deshaun Thomas in the front court. Not really a true center in that lineup. But then they they also got bench production. for the, They got better bench production, I should say, tonight than they've had in a little while. Josh Vasquez, Jackson Knapp each scored nine points. Knapp looked pretty good. He is three or four from the field, two or three from deep. He's an intriguing guy as a freshman. I think he's getting better for sure. Uh, Vasquez, I have always been a Josh Vasquez fan, maybe more than most I've always thought he could be a a, a bigger part of the team than I think some people give him credit for, and I think him being a bench scorer would be good for this Grizz team. Um, But more than anything, comes out of Brandon Whitney. I mean, he's their starting point guard. They need him to be good. Travis DeCure always talks about him with great reverence when he is good, and he's pretty honest about it when he's not playing well as well. I mean, DeCure's a point guard. He needs an extension at the point guard. Whitney was way better tonight. After three straight games of only two points and 19 minutes, he had 18 points on seven of nine shooting. He looked like uh, his non-conference form. He played 29 minutes. Um, here's Brandon Whitney. 
from right after the game. Are you feeling better? I am feeling better. Had a rough week last week with uh, being sick and stuff, but definitely feeling better now. So to, to feel better and come back and play better, I mean, that must feel good for you. Yeah, it feels great. Um, I needed it, you know, to get back on a, on a roll, just being out and being sick and not being able to, you know, doing fully what I usually do, so it feels great. It was a tough one Thursday night, so, I mean, how would you guys bounce back from that? Um, we just came in with a chip on our shoulder because – we knew we, we should have won that um, last game, but, you know, we just go one day at a time, and we had that ship on our shoulder, like I just said, and we were ready to go. 13 three-pointers, so is that ball movement or just guys getting their shot? What's the product of? I definitely think it's ball movement. If we get the ball going side to side, I think we're deadly. We're a deadly team. Um, so if we keep that up, then we go a long way. Balancing the offense and the defense in the same game is something you guys have only done once before. What did you feel made the biggest difference in achieving that tonight? Um, I think we came into this game more on a defensive mentality instead of like focused straight on offense. Um, so I think that led to good mojo and having good coming down, getting stops, and going down on the other end and getting good shots and swinging the ball. So. What is it about Saturdays? You guys have been undefeated on Saturdays and had a hard time on Thursday. Anything to that? I don't know, man. Um, I would just say, I mean, obviously Thursdays are always tough for us, so I think it's just like bouncing back. And, like, we know we got to win this next game. Otherwise, our mojos aren't, isn't going to be the same. So get Eastern on Monday. Um, kind of crazy to be playing them so soon again before you see yeah. Sac State, Portland State. What has to be different this time around? Um, I think this time around, in the second half, we weren't playing as good as defense. They shot 50% in the second half, and I think that's the reason why we lost that game. Um, but I think coming in, we just got to focus more on the defense end and the offensive end and just keep the ball moving and just basically kind of do everything we did this game. So that's what I was saying. Have that chip on our shoulder because they already beat us once, so we got to bounce back. Whitney led all grid scores, 18 points. Anand Moody had 15 points. He hit three of Montana's 13 three-pointers. Whitney hit a pair of three-pointers. Usually he's not a three-point shooter. He gets in the lane and it gets to the rim. That's mostly how he scores his points. Deshaun Thomas went three of seven from three. All of those points in the first half, or all those threes in the excuse me in the first half. Eleven of his thirteen before halftime, and uh, then Josh Bannon chipped in ten points. Only three of five from Bannon, and uh, he did. He had fourteen rebounds and five assists. You and I both agree that Josh Bannon has gotten way better offensively, or, or that he is. You you made this comment to me during the game. You said Bannon's has proved as in as much offensively over the last two years as most Grizz guys we've ever seen. I think this Grizz team's better though. They look better offensively when they spread the ball around like they did today, and when Bannon can be sort of a secondary scorer. I know that's it's such a dichotomy because he's their most talented player. The thing is, Coulter, even when he's not scoring, I think it all starts with Bannon and it all runs through Bannon for this Grizz team. I mean, even today. You know, he barely got into double digits. He was more focused on rebounding, passing the ball, kicking the ball out of the post. I mean, they were collapsing on him. That's a lot of what led to a lot of those open threes for Montana. But he's still the guy who gets things started. Either they're entering it to him at the high post, or, I mean, Coulter, I've seen this a lot more this game, last couple weeks for them, running pick and rolls with him as the ball handler because there are very few bigs in the league who can do that, creates all sorts of matchup problems. Uh, I think that he's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands a lot, and that comes back to, we're talking about Brandon Whitney, right? 
Brandon Whitney's so important for the Grizz because Brandon Whitney needs to be that secondary option for them. I think he's bringing the ball up, but we all know that everybody's going to be focusing on Josh Bannon. And it's sort of like the dichotomy that we talked about with Steel Venters and Angelo Allegri for Eastern Washington. Whitney just needs to fill in the gaps off the ball, make plays when people are focusing on Bannon, hit the jump shots when he's kicking it back out, uh, and run the offense sometimes. But really, he needs to be that secondary guy. I mean, Brandon Whitney's such an interesting player, such an intriguing player, because I think that Brandon Whitney's off-the-dribble game is matched by a few other players in the league. He doesn't look like he's moving all that fast when he's, hand- when he's handling it, when he's slicing into the lane. He's really quick with it, and he's a good finisher inside, and that's the perfect kind of guy to play off a ball-dominant stretch for who you can run your offense through like Josh Bannon. So Whitney doesn't need to be the guy every night, but he needs to give you more than he has in the last couple weeks. And so tonight was a great step forward, a really encouraging sign. Yeah, you hope it's not just because they're playing Idaho State. I guess that's the last thing. I was I was unimpressed with Idaho State. I mean, they have a couple pieces, but they're, just, they're a long ways away. They're missing a couple of their best players. Jared Rodriguez is out. Austin Smelly, is that how I say it? Smelly. Smelly, yeah, those guys. It looks like Smelly. It's such a bad last name. <laughs> but but uh, those guys have been out for sure. Um, Idaho State started 3-0. and Um Beat NAU in Northern Colorado, so I don't know how much you can take from those. But they won at Weber, so I don't know. The Grizz look better tonight, but I don't think that all is solved. It's it's the same deal with for me with the Grizz. They they rebounded well tonight for sure. I mean they they won the rebounding battle forty two twenty four. Again, Josh Bannon has fourteen of those, right? I don't think anybody else has more than six, right? right. So who's helping Josh Bannon on the boards? Exactly, and so the, you know. It's just going to be this this weird deal because this Grizz team is way more offensively oriented, but they play for a coach that's obsessed with defense. I think if they were like if they if they were just let it ride and just say, "Hey, I mean, here's the deal: their only guy in their starting lineup that can't shoot threes is their point guard." <laughs> so, so I think that if they were to just say, "Hey, we're an offensively oriented team. Let's go try to make eleven threes a game." Because they have a bunch of guys who are going to shoot a bunch of threes. I mean, that's really what it's going to come down to. When Lonel Martin and Deshaun Thomas and Josh Bannon go over or make one three, they're going to have a hard time. When they make 13 threes, they're going to probably win. Well, the other thing is, Coulter, and it's sort of the same thing with the Lady Grizz that we've been talking about. Even if you want to go defensive, what's the defensive lineup that you play with this team, right? I mean, Jackson Knapp's on there because he's... Long, I guess, uh, Lalu Oke probably gets some some run in a defensive lineup. I just don't know how you put that together, so I don't know why you would. I think you just try to run the offense through Bannon, get a bunch of great shots when teams collapse on him, or you have him go one-on-one in the post when teams don't collapse on him, score a bunch of points, and try to be good enough on the other end, which obviously is a huge part of Brandon Whitney's value to this team. I mean... Lionel Martin's a fine defender. Moody's a fine defender. Whitney's a good defender. Yep. Bannon's an okay defender. He, he's a good team. He's a good team defender. He's a good rebounder. Deshaun Thomas is a subpar defensive player. Vasquez is is, is pretty good, but he's small. Vasquez has actually been really good this year. Uh, oh, he has. Blocks and steals wise. No, he has. And he was good. I mean, he, he made Jalen Cohn work. I mean, he got lit for 26, but he still made Jalen Cohn work against Northern Arizona. I mean, I don't know. I, all I'm saying is you used to say for the Grizz, 
Bobby Moorhead is an elite defensive player. Fabian Krizlovic is an elite defensive player. Michael Ogine is the best defensive player in the league. Ahmad Rory is an elite defensive player. Like Travis Secure's teams used to have a whole bunch of guys that could fill it up offensively, but they were defensive guys. There is not one guy besides maybe Brandon Whitney that's a, a true defensive player. Yeah. I guess I would just say it's easier for this team to score 80 plus than it's going to be for them to hold other teams under 60. Definitely. Big Sam Breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks to Velk Law for our uh, continued Grizz uh, sponsor, basketball sponsorship. And then uh, thanks to JB Restaurant Supply for the Montana State side of things. And thanks to Blackfoot Communications for uh, helping making this podcast possible, plus Opportunity Bank. Appreciate them as well, Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, tune in Monday. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We'll be on from 4 to 6. Montana Basketball Hour to lead things off, and then we'll talk a whole bunch of NFL as well. Uh, that's the next time you hear from us. Thanks. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports. Every day, every season.